Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Mike and Jody Cleveland with our friend Joss and how are you ladies doing Joss how's everything in Australia right now hello Mike and Jody so good to be here um, yes um, it's a it's a hard time for everyone but uh, I'm, I'm doing okay and it's lovely to be with you today it is a hard time for everyone and, and we've been seeing that recently haven't we Jody absolutely you know I just uh, read um, in the paper this morning that um, people are requesting that gun shops be deemed essential. And I thought that is just such a sad thing that we need to have our guns. We need to be able to get to guns. And that's an essential thing people are feeling right now. That's how afraid they are. That's what they're seeking to protect themselves in every way possible. And it just, I don't know, I was just very, very sad to read that. I mean, and nothing against gun shops right? But just that that's how scared people are. Well, we can tell everybody right now, if you need something and we have it, you are welcome to come and get it and carry it out of our house and we will help you carry it to your car okay. because we are trusting in the one who gave us his only son and promises on that foundation to meet our every need, to never leave us lacking. And so we won't shoot you we will give to you. Absolutely, and not even just that, but we are here today to share with you something even greater, something eternal, something that you can find protection in so much better than a gun, so much better than a fortress, than a security alarm system, any of those things. We have good news for you today. All right, let's look into this good news together. We're reading together in Psalm 91, and we've come today to... Uh, verse 9, and it says, Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, verse 10, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. Now, we have to look at this again and remind everyone that, you know, bad things happen to good people. In other words, Christians experience the same thing that unbelievers do, that just because we put faith in Christ does not mean we'll never get a cold or the flu or the coronavirus. It doesn't mean that we are completely immune to every evil thing that happens in this world. And so we want to explain these passages as we're looking at them, these verses, in light of who they point to. And Josh, just thinking about verses 9 and 10, um, as we read those together, what, what initial thoughts do you have here? Mm. Um, it's, it, it starts off there um, with a lovely conversation of the author with us. Uh, he says, you have a dwelling place, but I have a dwelling place too, and it's my refuge. And immediately we see he's owning that refuge. He, he sees it as his, it is a personal refuge. And, um, and it is such a beautiful thing to see those two words together with 
also the Lord in big capitals, which is the I am. And so we have that lovely contrast between God who is mighty, God who is always the same, God who's unchangeable, and we see this smaller refuge that the author is delighting in. It's his refuge, and uh, he wants to bring us in and talk about this refuge. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Um, you mentioned the words I am, and, it, and that, of course, reminds us of God's first um, revelation of himself to Moses. Uh, Moses uh, was there at the burning bush and God said, I'm sending you to my people, the Israelites, to set them free. And Moses says, who shall I tell them has sent me? And he used this very same word, tell them I am has sent me to you, the ever living, ever present one, the one the same yesterday, today and forever, the great I am. He always reveals himself, I shouldn't say always, but in these terms, I am, when he's rescuing, um, just like he did the first time, and then Jesus in John chapter 6, when he was walking on the water and the disciples were in the storm and were fearful of capsizing and dying, Jesus came to them and said, do not be afraid, the I am is here. And they were willing to take him into the boat and they got to the other side. So this is a revelation of our God, the, the great I am, um, and his purpose in coming to this world to rescue us, to rescue us from our sin, to rescue us from the wrath of God, to rescue us from the accusations of the evil one. Uh, he, he, and this he did through his death on the cross. Yes. Um, Jody, what are you thinking about here as we look at these verses? Yeah, well, I was thinking about the cross because I was thinking that that is our dwelling place as believers. It's our refuge. Um, that is where we find the protection that we need from, um, that which, um, uh, was frightening to us. And then it talks about this evil. No evil should be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. And um, you and I were looking at this uh, earlier today, and we noticed that this, um, this word plague here is the type of plague that uh, requires distancing, <laughs> which seems so relevant in our day and age today um, in Psalm 38. Go ahead. Okay, well, yeah, we were talking about um, Psalm 38 when it regards uh, the type of plague. This word used is actually used again in verse uh, 10 and 11. Yeah. Um, he's talking about, uh, he says, My friends and companions avoid me because of my wounds. My neighbors stay far away. Um, this is the type of plague that is referenced in Psalm 91 that makes social distancing a reality. And as we look at Jesus on the cross, he went there because of our sin, but he was treated as if he were the sinner. And in verse 11, everyone stayed away from him because of his wounds. Um, and this is what we're dealing with today, isn't it, Joss, as far as mm. social distancing that Jesus felt when he was wounded, when he was uh, enveloped in this plague of God's wrath, this plague of our sin, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yes, um, remember on the cross that people were running way down the hill, away from him. Uh, they thought he was a contagion, something that was to be reviled and detested. Um, they didn't really want to look at him. They wanted to run away from him. Um, they felt that uh, they were pure and he was not. <laughs> and the, it was actually the reverse. He was a pure one with their sin on him. Mm. Um, and he was the one taking it away so that they could have a refuge if they would just believe in him. And that refuge is something that says to us, we need a place that is safe because other places are not safe. And the other places that are not safe is God's wrath. Um, that some, it had to be taken away from us and we needed a place of rescue. We needed a place of, as they say in these verses here, we needed a sanctuary. We needed a, a, a tabernacle. We needed a habitation which was um, ours with God. And we see that all throughout the, the Old Testament, don't we, in terms of um, the... Um, the tent of meeting, uh, David talks about it, where he viewed his holy God. He was in awe and in the, um, seeing the glory of God. And um, and people brought their sacrifices to uh, the priests. Uh, the day of atonement where everybody was, um, sins were atoned for. But then at the cross, the day of atonement is there where Jesus is our sacrifice. He is the Lamb of God who was offered for our sins and his blood covers us uh, so that we do come to that place of refuge. Um, so very beautiful. Yeah. That is very beautiful indeed. Um, yeah, well, when we take refuge in Jesus, um, now when we sin, our sin no longer separates us from God. We have an advocate with the Father. We have a, a, a Savior. We have Jesus who pleads his wounds. He presents his wounds and he presents his blood and he says, that sin is not theirs. I took that on myself and we're forgiven. We, we can live in that forgiveness and now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you see, this no no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. This is the evil of our sin. I mean, it's also other things too. I'm sure there's other applications, but for me, when I read it, I see my, that, my, that evil, that sin, my, the weakness mm-hmm. of my flesh, no longer sticks to me. It no longer is mine. Mm-hmm right? Jesus has removed it. I was once far away because of my sin and the evil about me, but now I've been drawn near. I've been brought into the kingdom of light. And that excites me. That just gives me so much joy. And what a beautiful refuge, right? What a, what a safe place for our hearts and our minds in this time of um, a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> no plague come, will come near your tent because the plague enveloped Jesus. Yes. So all the promises of God in his word are yes and amen in Jesus, meaning when we're in Christ, we get the blessing uh, that is promised here in the Old Testament. Mm. And, and this is really important to understand because um, the, the Old Covenant was in essence like a slot machine. You put a quarter in, you get a prize out. Um, you obey God and you get rewarded for that obedience. But all of that was given to point forward to Jesus so that when he came and lived a perfect life, he fulfilled 
the old covenant in its entirety yes. through his complete obedience to the father through his perfection in living he loved god with all his heart he loved his neighbor as himself and and in so doing he won he purchased for us the blessings here so that no evil shall befall you yes. no plague shall come near your tent yes. because on the cross it all hit him and he was enveloped in all of this plague of God's wrath the plague of the accusations of the law the condemnation and the judgment it all befell him and as he did that he became a refuge for us and he became a shelter and we're able to come under his atoning blood. Yes. His atoning sacrifice is our shelter, our refuge. And um, so here's an interesting thought that Jody and I had this as we were driving home today. Um, it said, we need to understand that this passage in Psalm 91 points straight to Jesus. Now, if we don't really understand that, then we, now this is going to sound really weird, but take it with a grain of salt. We need Satan's help to understand it. Mm. <laughs> now that sounds very weird and very odd. But if you look at verse 11, it says, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. We know, of course, that Satan quoted this passage um, to Jesus. But did, do you know what he said right before he quoted this? He said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. Meaning, if this passage is for you, then throw yourself down. He's saying that he knew, Satan knew, that the old covenant pointed to Jesus. If you are the son of God, then this is who this is for. So go ahead and test it. Right? And of course, it's the therefore that was the big problem. Therefore, throw yourself over the ledge. Okay. Um, and so what, what are your thoughts on that, Josh, just as far as seeing Satan's um, quoting of this passage here? It's, it's quite amazing, isn't it? He's trying to test out whether God really loved him. <laughs> and um, it, was, um, it, was, it was quite an affront. And... Um, but he didn't actually uh, quote it correctly either. He, there's a few twists in there as well, a few words that weren't right. Um, but uh, that's what God has done in 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 Jesus. He um, he has uh, the devil has been overcome at the cross, and 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 the devil knew that this was a sinless Jesus. I think that's what I was thinking about the other day. That um, the even even Satan knew that uh, this was the perfect Lamb of God. He was perfection. He was innocent. He was the holy, the holy one. Um, Satan recognised that, and so um, all throughout uh, Jesus' ministry, um, it was told that Jesus, uh, God was well pleased with him. Um, even his captors said, "We find no fault in him. Mm. He was sinless." The uh, robbers that were beside him on two crosses said, "One of them said, he is righteous. There is no fault in him. He is innocent.'" The soldier that was at the foot of the cross looked up after, uh, while the crucifixion was happening and said, "He's righteous." And so for us, um, this is just the most marvelous news to know that uh, the uh, 
the sacrifice that was given at the cross was accepted by the Father because it was um, he was sinless and he went up to the right hand of God. And so for us, that is just wonderful good news because we know that the sin that was poured on Jesus, uh, was removed at the cross and the entire sacrifice was accepted by God. And it's uh, just just so marvellous to contemplate that, isn't it? Absolutely. I, I love how you said everybody recognised his sinless perfection. Uh, I thought of another one when Pilate's wife came to him and said, have nothing mm -hmm. to do with this innocent man, for I had a dream mm -hmm. of um, showing that his, his innocence, his perfection, his holiness was seen and known by everybody. And so why is he hanging there on a cross as if he were the worst criminal ever? And of course, the, the Bible tells us that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was punished for our peace. The punishment that gave him peace, uh, gave us peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. And so he is the innocent, perfect, holy, and righteous one who became sin, was enveloped in a plague of God's wrath, who took on all the burdens, sicknesses, sins of humanity. And there he hung a rotting mass of sin and sickness and wrath all mixed into one so that all who turn and look to him and believe, all who believe, will escape the wrath of God because it's already been poured out, will be forgiven of all their sins because the penalty has already been paid, will live forever because Jesus died their death, will go to heaven because Jesus descended into the earthly regions or Sheol or hell for them. This is the message of power. And you know, Josh, you mentioned that um, Satan didn't quote this passage exactly right. There were some words he, he mixed up. He didn't have it exactly right. But one other thing he does is he puts a period where God puts a comma. Yeah. Um, because he quoted verses 11 and 12. Well, there, that doesn't end there. It also says in verse 13, you will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Oh, don't like that one, Satan? Oh, that, that one doesn't set so well with you? Right. Because both of these terms, lion and serpent, are words that are attributed to Satan. He prowls around like a lion seeking to whom he may devour. It was said in Genesis 3.15, that the seed of the woman would trample on the head of the serpent. Yeah. And so Satan did not want to quote that one because this is actually the mission of Jesus to come and trample on and destroy the evil one and to, um, to put him to death and, and to, to rid him of his ability to accuse us any longer. Um, and so this was really a misquote of scripture, just a, a little, um, bit of truth, and that is when we're tempted to sin, oftentimes it's accompanied with scripture. Mm. And the way you can tell if it's the evil one using that is that the thought comes to go ahead and sin because, you know, fill in the blank. For instance, I, I'll really, you know, I learn something every time I sin. 
you know, or, or whatever the excuses and the deceptions are, mm -hmm. the evil one always wants to use scripture for the purpose of destruction. Jesus, throw yourself off that cliff. Well, this Psalm, Psalm 91, points right to Jesus in the standpoint of from the day he was born throughout his entire life, God kept him in perfect peace. God kept him safe from all destructing destruction, safe from all, what does it say here, um, plagues. Uh, he kept him safe from Herod wanting to kill him when he was a, a child, kept him safe when the people wanted to push him off the hill, kept him safe in every situation. Why? Because his purpose in coming was the cross. Yeah. And out of love, he came and died for us. And so this Psalm 91 is a perfect arrow pointing to Jesus in his life and up to his death. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love so much what you were talking about, about um, Satan wanting Jesus or, or sort of um, challenging Jesus's identity as the son of God that is love. Because at, the, at Jesus's baptism, we know that God announced in a loud voice, this is, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And I think that people today, you know, if we, if I get the coronavirus, does that mean that God doesn't love me? That, that I've been abandoned. I did something bad and now I'm getting punished. So I got the coronavirus and, you know, I think, or God doesn't love me or, you know, whatever. So I think we can say that if you put your faith in Jesus and you are believing and resting in his righteousness to cover you. You are loved and accepted. God says to you, this is my beloved child who I love, right? And there, there's no reason for us to doubt um, God's love for us based on our circumstances. What we can know God's love for us by looking at the cross, because this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ gave his life as a, atonement for all of us and he laid down his life for us and that's how we know what love is so we don't look at our circumstances we don't say oh i lost my job god doesn't love me not true this is a lie from the satan don't listen mm -hmm. to him jesus rebuked him with the truth which was you will not put the lord your god to the test so um for us the truth is i am accepted in jesus christ this does not determine god's love for me go away from me satan you know and he will he will flee when we draw near to god god draws near to us and we will resist the evil one he runs away from us and so when our minds get filled with doubt and fear and and anxieties we can draw near to the cross and we can again today behold the love of our Savior. We can see the love of God pouring down in buckets, limitless supply for all the whole world. John says, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It's a worldwide pandemic. Oh, nothing new. This pandemic called sin has been around from the beginning, right? So, oh. I, that's my hope and my encouragement is as we're going through this psalm that everyone listening would, would embrace this beautiful protection that we have in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid. Run to the refuge that is Jesus.
find your ha happiness, your joy, your love, your acceptance, your calmness, your peace, all those things that your soul is craving right now. Find them in Jesus because he is more than enough. Amen. That was good. Josh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> oh, I'm just reveling in, in that. <laughs> wow. Um, it's a, I'm just probably bringing you back to the application of the gospel right now in our lives that we've got, we sit, we're in a different home visibly. You know, what we see in front of us uh, is different. Um, we, our physical homes are now our babysitting homes, our school homes, our, our workplaces. Uh, it doesn't look the same where we would go and apply our faith when we go to work, when we go to school, take our children or, um, to their places of education. But now we're in a different home and we're wondering, I think many are wondering, how do we apply our faith right here, right now? And all the things that are coming in our hearts are overwhelming us all at once because it's, it looks so different physically. But the home that Jodie was mentioning is the home that we're sheltering in, in Christ. We may be sheltering in a different physical home 24-7, not being able to get out, not being able to do the things we might uh, haven't been able to do before. We have... We're worrying about the future, but the home gives us that safety and security in Christ. It's a, a new habitation, a new refuge that we have been given at the cross. And this habitation is ours for, for eternity. That is, that just warms my heart. Right. We have great comfort and great consolation in the ministry of God's word and God's spirit through the cross of Christ and through each other. Yeah. And this never stops. Look, a coronavirus can't stop this. There is nothing that will separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Um, we can face tribulation. We can face death. We can face everything and nothing separates us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And I love that we're studying this psalm at this hour mm -hmm. in, our, in our history. I was telling Jody earlier today, I would not have wanted to die in 2019 and miss mm -hmm. all this. Mm -hmm. Because this is the time of miracles. This is the time when people's hearts are tilled up, when they're called to lift their eyes to the cross and behold the wonder, the majesty, the awe, the, the amazing sight that we see at the cross. And so as we study this chapter together, and we'll have one more time of this uh, in Psalm 91, but I just want to remind us that this Psalm promises several things. It promises the protection of God for us. It says uh, in verse nine, because you've made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague will come near your tent. All the promises of God are yes and amen. It promises protection. Um, he promises his presence. You can see that in verse 15. I will be with him in trouble. And finally, it promises perseverance in verse 15. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Um, these are the promises of God, which every believer is able to latch onto and use as a key to open the door 
of anxiety, if you're trapped in anxiety or fear, if you're trapped in doubt, if you're trapped in hopelessness, use these promises as a key. He promises you his protection. And in Jesus Christ, you'll never be harmed, ever. And you will live forever. Death cannot touch you. Right. You will not even see death. Right. He promises protection, promises you his presence. I will be with you in trouble and promises you perseverance. This is what's needed in the church today. I'm hearing reports of believers acting in doubt, acting in fear, mm. and not speaking boldly the faith of the cross. Th these things ought not be, right? Mm. Uh, how about you, Joss? Mm. Um, absolutely. I, I like, if I can come back to that to guard you in all your ways in this in, in this psalm. Um, yeah, as believers, how do we go forward with the coronavirus? How do we uh, act and think and have our hearts clean before the Lord? We need to come to the cross. We need to look to him. And he guards us because he has established his righteousness in us. He has given us um, his, his justification. He's reconciled us. So all the ways that Jesus was our substitute at the cross, other ways he guards us. That is our refuge. Um, he, he, he was guarded. He was shielded. He, he defeated all our enemies and he covered us for eternity. And so that covering is our uh, the way he guards us and so we need to to see the ways that he has gone into our suffering and was wounded he was lowered in po poverty and he, we receive riches he he suffered so that we may receive healing um he poured out his blood so that our sins are all uh, removed and done with uh, all these ways that he has gone in for us at the cross are the ways that we could live in this refuge right now and have have joy, joy even in our hearts in the midst of coronavirus. As Paul and Cyrus were in a prison and they sang praises to God and even in that situation, the jailer and his family were saved. Um, so he gives us a refuge. He gives us hope. He gives us the way to go forward in these times of trials. Amen. And what that just did is made the cross of Christ very practical for us. There's, we don't deny the reality that there's trouble on every hand. It's a very sad situation. We are all hearing of people who are sick, friends we know, acquaintances, people we work with. Mm -hmm. It's troubling. It, it hurts the heart to hear these reports that, oh, no, yet another one came down with it. We ourselves might get it. But what you just described is how the cross becomes our shelter and how we are assured that through Jesus' finished work, we have a secure eternity, yeah. and how we're then able to go through all difficulties, all trials, the worst kind of, of situation that we could possibly face. Jesus has overcome. He is not only our substitute, but our protector. Mm. And, and we know this because... When God was about to pour out his wrath, Jesus ran and jumped in front of us mm. um, and, and shielded us and sheltered us from that wrath, from that anger against sin. And, and Jesus, when the law was accusing us, 
You didn't live perfectly. Look at you, blew it right there. Jesus came and lived perfectly and fulfilled the law, which is credited to the account of every believer. And then he took the curse of the law on the cross. And so the law can't curse us. Yeah. So now we get the blessing of God for full obedience. Jesus kept protecting us. And so that is our promise that he will keep protecting us. And so we have nothing to fear. We are not like the world. We have an endless hope. Whereas unbelievers have a hopeless end, we have an endless hope. And it burns brightly in the midst of this pandemic, this worldwide plague. Our hope burns bright, and it's made so by the eyes of faith as we gaze on Calvary's cross and we contemplate one who would go and essentially put himself in front of a train, would put himself in the front of an angry God, would put himself in front of the law that was accusing us and condemning us, that he would shut the mouth of Satan for us, Mm -hmm. that he would go to a tomb for us, and that he would rise from the dead for us to justify us. And now he intercedes. He's pleading his wounds for us. Oh, my, we have abundant consolation. We have abundant, um, the abundance of God himself in the Trinity. ministers pouring out his love on us, Mm. assuring us that we're safe forever, that there's nothing that can separate us from him forever, Mm -hmm. that we have uh, complete faith in his finished work that enables us to go through times like this pandemic. Um, Joss, would you pray right now for people who don't have this faith? They don't, they, they have fear. They're, they're terrified of this and they're, they're tired of being cooped up and, and locked away and it feels like prison and their hearts are hurting. And we understand that our hearts hurt too. And would you just pray for them right now? And maybe they'll, God will use this to draw them to the cross where they would find real and living faith that will take them through everything. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, Father, we come to you today and we we know that times are hard, but Lord, your cross is higher than all this. Lord, we pray for every heart that is hurting or is unsteady or is fearful about what today will bring or what the future will bring. Um, Lord, we are sheltered at home with you. We we have no no concern when we are in your shelter because you have provided for us. Because of the cross, we are sheltered in a better home because of Christ. This home is a dwelling place. It is everlasting because you went into death and you gave us life. Uh, it will never be removed from us because it was built by your blood. Um, Father, we... 
for those who don't know you, lead them to their true home, which is in you. Mm. Please lead them to know that the cross and the sacrifice of their sin is the entrance way to, to eternal life. And for believers listening, Lord, that are struggling at home in the physical circumstances, lift their eyes to the cross where their faith is, where their home is, and and minister to their hearts. See help them see that the Lamb of God is their sacrifice, the sufficient sacrifice, the perfect blemish-free Lamb that was slain for them for all their sins and that everything was dealt with at the cross and that now they are safe in in a shelter with you. And, Father, I pray that they remember that their their names are engraved on your hands in love. You came in love to do that. So they are never forgotten, never alienated, never um, do they need to to forget that they are loved and cherished by by our Father. Lord, you've brought light and spiritual immortality through the gospel by your death. And we pray, Lord, that um, as it says in 2 Corinthians, you are hard-pressed, but we don't need to be. Um, You were crushed. Um, You were in despair, but we don't need to be because you you went through the ways for us. Um, Lord, lift our eyes to the cross so that we may rest and dwell in you and may we have that, that rest and peace that comes only from resting our heads back onto your shoulder and knowing that we are loved, loved forever. And looking at your wounds, we are assured that this love is is for us forever. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.